Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based on the role of the 20 sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Oh my what gosh. <laughs> Just say it again. Just say it again. And I'm Cody. <laughs> that was a mess, man. I'm sorry. I, I, I just, shouldn't I, reference it because I'm clearly editing that out, but that was a mess, man. <laughs> so after last week's episode, we're somehow back, even though I shouldn't be back on the show with you. But how oh, are you doing, yeah. Cody? You low-key quit on me. I forgot. <laughs> low-key. I think it was pretty high-key where I was like, nope, I'm done with this show. <laughs> It was it was creative. I enjoyed listening back to it just to hear how upset I got. <laughs> just to hear it was really funny. It's a I really mean, funny world. You did a really good job, dude. I feel like it's gonna be pretty funny. It I think it's one of our funniest episodes. I say that like every time we have a funny episode, but I think that's one of our funniest episodes. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty happy with it, you know? Good. I'm glad I am glad you're happy. See, look, I'm trying to be nicer to you. Well, th- thank you. <laughs> Let, let's congratulate myself on doing something good, shall I? Right. <laughs> Now, that doesn't take back the fact that you low-key quit on me when I did a world about uh, T-Rexes having sex. So. Oh, yeah. No, not only did you do that, you specifically said the words T-Rex strippers, T-Rex. I said dino strippers. Oh, sorry. Dino strippers. And I think you said dino sex workers maybe was the other one. I think I said dino prostitutes. Yeah. Yeah, dude. You That wrecked my world. It's just like knowing that... That is a thing, and that's probably you could probably find that online somewhere. Oh, I, I mean, it really is a Chuck Tingle book, so yeah, you definitely. Oh can. lord. Anyways, Cody, I can't again. I can't. I'm so terrified that you wrote a story of that world. Uh, I didn't. Okay, good. Anywho, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But how have you been doing, Cody? And what have you been up to, man? Um. Well, you know, do you ever? start listening to an audiobook and it and it you think it's kind of silly like you think it's a little bit bonkers and then you listen to another audiobook and it gets even more crazy was it like two books in a series or are these two separate books well same author so i read this book called um magic for liars and it was okay it was oh. like i don't want to i don't want to hate on it cuz i i kind of i accidentally Kind of was dunking on one of my friends who suggested it to me. Caitlin, I for- you were dunking yes. on Caitlin. You don't even have to say one of my friends. It's always the same friend. So anyways, <laughs> she suggested this book to me a while ago. I forgot and just rented it because the narrator was the same as another book that I kind of liked. So I got this book and I was listening to it. And then I like told her about it. I was like, it sucks for all these reasons. She was like, oh, I suggested that to you. I liked it. Like, sorry. Cool. But anyways... So, um, Cody, Cody, Cody. it, it just like, it had problems. It wasn't, it wasn't anything terrible. It just wasn't perfect. Whatever. So it was about a, um, detective that goes to like Hogwarts. It's not actually Hogwarts, well, but yeah, she's I, not, I she's not magical. And she goes there and tries to solve a murder and it's a detective novel. And there's like a decent amount of like romance and like, sexual tension between characters you know and there's like a lot of flirting and stuff yeah and so i was like okay you know it was a little bit of a spicy book at points you know yeah it had some fun moments and then um i read another the only other audiobook that was at my library that the same author had written and it was about sexy hippo cowboys wait what wait 
So did you like? Did you say hippo or hippie? I said hippo, like the animal. Exp- like is, exp- okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of you. I'm sorry. Let me let me tell you what happened. Oh no, Cody! No. Near the turn of the century, it was a real thing that America had this plan to import hippos and breed them in Louisiana, okay. and use them as ranch animals. Uh, okay, so the animals that they were being cowboys over were hippos. They were weren't hippos. hippos who were cow. Okay, that's better they were than not I thought it was. Hippo cowboys. They were cowboys that were cowboying hippos. So they were hippo boys. <laughs> they were called. They were called hops. Is what they're hops, called okay. in universe. Um, but it's just not. You know, you're just not expecting. You know, it's called River of Teeth, and I'm like, okay, this is Alligators? gonna be. Yeah, or like something. You know, like witchcrafty. You know, or like. Something brutal, which it was pretty bloody as a book, but then it's just like, nope, sexy gentleman cowboys doing sexy stuff while on hippos. And I'm like, well, this just got more bonkers. Congratulations, guys. You did it. That's a little bonkers. Bananas. You're fully bananas. <laughs> that's 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 very, very bananas, dude. Um, Okay. So that's what I've been up to. How you been? But, see, every time... I don't I don't like talking about books with you because every time you talk about a book, like you pique my interest. I get interested in these ideas and I because especially the weird ones, because it's like I wanna know what that is like, but then it's just like hippo sexy hippo cowboys or hippo hops, sexy hops. I don't think that's anything I would ever want to read about. It's um Well, and it's also a heist. It's a sexy hippo cowboy heist. Cody, you lost you lost me. I'm done. Um, <laughs> I'm out. Tapped out. It's also really short. Like it's it's only it's like four hours or five hours long, which in terms Whoa. of an audiobook is yeah, that, that's extreme. Like even the shortest I've read have been eight hours. Yeah, it's like novella length, really. Um huh. but okay. no, if you want like my grand slam, you should read this book. It was excellent suggestions. Read Reincarnation Blues. It's really yeah. Good. I, I I do need to do that. I've, I've written it down three times. Been. That's how many. It's like because he recommended it to me when I listened back. I wrote it down again, and then like I wrote it down a little while ago when you mentioned it again. It's like yeah, I, I need to read it. But okay, so that's what you've been up to. Anything else? Or are you just um, trying to get to the episode because we wrote too much? Well, I mean, <laughs> pulling the curtain back, Jordan. You're halfway through BoJack Horseman, and I finished BoJack Horseman. We weren't we, supposed to talk about it. We can't talk about we it. We can't but that's talk the about it. Other big thing that I did. Yeah. Say. Okay. I'll I'll just go on to my thing. I just it always the I'm gonna sound like I have no energy at parts of this, and it's because I was uh, I watched BoJack and I haven't finished it because that show just kills your soul sometimes. And. We while can't it's talk good, about it, Jordan. while or it's good, it does like step on you for a couple of days. But um, so I also listened to an audiobook, which that Ooh. should be a surprise to all the listeners because I think this is the second time I've mentioned listening to. Oh, sorry, third time I've mentioned listening to an audiobook. Um, so I listened, listened, I listened to this book called "On um, the Haunting of." blackwood house of course i read a haunted house story because i felt like i saw one a while ago called the haunting of ashburn house by this um lady darcy coates and i'm like okay i'll i want to read i want to read a horror book that's not stephen king and that's not dean coons and i just want to read a stock standard haunting house haunted house book and so i went to the bookstore to get the book 
didn't see it, but then also found out that all she, like most of her books are the haunting of blank house or the haunting of blank. <laughs> so like, okay, anywhere I dive in, it's just going to be the same type of thing. So I just got the haunting of Blackwood house. I will say it was everything I wanted it to be. It worked exactly like a haunted house movie where it's like the characters a hundred percent in denial of, Oh, this place that I bought is completely haunted. Even though they were given every exact warning that this place is freaking haunted. There was a serial killer lived in there and killed people. Oh, and there were eight other murders in this house. It's definitely haunted. No, it's not. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh yeah. You're having dreams of the murders, even though you were never told about how they happened. Oh yeah. No, it's fine. I'm, it's not haunted. Don't worry about it. Oh yeah. It's you're hearing footsteps haunted. and never seeing people. It's like, Oh, don't worry about it. It's not haunted. It's and not it's just like that, that happened for 90% of the book. And then finally it spirals down into like, they have to do something about the house. It, but <laughs> I, I liked it because it did exactly what I wanted. It wasn't a good book. It wasn't a bad book. It was what I wanted. And I'm happy with that. So, and then I started listening to Not Even Bones, which is like a weird young adult um, novel about monster hunting and dissecting monsters. It's weird. It's a um, webcomic Diana um, recommended to you. Oh, gotcha. It's it's interesting. I, I like it so far. And the art for the comic is really cool. And that's what drew me in. But I haven't, I, I'm so horrible. I haven't really been listening to it. Because I don't really like the reader's voice. Oh, yeah. Because no, well, I well, the that. the voice they do for the main character sounds too much whiny. Well, what whiny teen? Then I think they mean to do, and it's just yeah. like I can't really get into it because I don't like your voice that much. No, I and I feel you. horrible every time I do this because I've done this with a couple of audiobooks where it's like, don't like your voice, not gonna listen. No, it's hard. Like it's it's another like a good reader can make me listen to an audiobook that I would otherwise quit on, and the opposite is also true. Like, well, the I, Harry Potter books, I loved listening to them because that reader was great. Yeah, yeah. Um. Oh gosh, I know his name. Yeah, he does a lot of them. I forget what his name is. Uh, I don't remember it now, but yeah, yeah, he's a really good, he's a really good reader. Yeah, no, he, he does a good job, and so that's really all I've been doing. Um, and then writing for our special World Shop thing that we're going to be releasing later this year, and writing this story. And oh my god, work has been busy, so I really haven't been doing much. So I get that. My yep. work is weird right now. It is kind of a weird combination of frighteningly slow. Yep, and um almost crazily busy i'm like on the edge of being very busy which well, is an anxious place to be <laughs> yeah, sorry but yeah so that's really all i've had time to do was listen to the book but that's all so cody what was last week we already kind of talked about it dinosaur world yeah it was dinosaur world happened and we're, and we're stronger and closer together than ever before because of it are we i mean i'm trying to be nicer to you <laughs> it's not it working was bad so far enough that now you're trying to be nice to me I no understand. no it's because i feel like every time you have a stroke of genius i just yell at you for it <laughs> <laughs> and i feel bad because it's like it wasn't a bad world it just wasn't anything i would have written and it's like i just yelled at you for doing what you're supposed to do on the show and you wrote a, you did exactly so when you don't do what you're supposed to do on the show i yell at you and then when you do exactly what you're supposed to do on the show i yell at you so i'm like no 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 i need to start like try i need to be better about that <laughs> so, yeah jordan you need to be better you just have to be better <laughs> gosh brutal 
You can't just keep doing the same thing and then apologizing for it. Ugh, my soul's getting ripped out of my body. So, Cody, what is this week? This week we wrote stories based on a previous world. Oh, crap. I'm kidding. That's exactly what I did. I mean, it'd be okay if you didn't. It would just mean that we were going to be here for a very long time. <laughs> As I tried to pull a story out of my butt? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could have. We could. I mean, we could. Yeah. Because, anyway. uh, oof, man, this is. This is going to be a long, be a long episode, long guys. One. That's why we kind of tried to expedite the intro talks. So, anyways, roll for initiative. Oh, yeah. that's middle of the board. We're already there. I, I have to do that. Hang on a second. Yeah, that's like <laughs> we're going to expedite the episode. Oh, crap. We expedited a oh little gosh, too fast. Oh, my gosh, you're expediting really fast. Hang on. Okay. I'm afraid. Dude, okay, so here here's a – so we have some people – who listen in the South, all over the world, and maybe not the same temperatures as where we're from. But the last week, last weekend, it was 50 degrees outside. And this today, it was like 20, and the temperature's dropping. And, of course, I left my coat at my girlfriend's house. And so I've been walking around with just a hoodie in 20-degree weather. So... Great. I, ex- uh, I expedited shipping of a parka to myself because I'm like, I'm just going to pay money for a really good coat. And that's how it comes in because expediting. But anyways. I am that person that doesn't wear a coat like most of winter. I used to be that person. I can't do that anymore because then I get like that perma chill on my body. And I'm just cold all day. I'm okay with that. I, I, I can't I do like that, that anymore. I used to like that. I can't do that anymore. That's probably why I gained so much weight, so I can like try to be a heater again. <laughs> it's, it's been gross, guys. I'm sorry. I'm getting like sluggish now, like turning into a slug. You're Anyways, Cody, what did you roll? Slug. Uh, I rolled a 10. You're kidding me. No, do we have to re-roll? No, I rolled an 11. I didn't ah! want to go first. Well, enjoy going first. I ro- Dang it, man. I don't like... I don't like rolling going first anymore. I used to like it because it felt like I had some sort of power, but I have no power. All right, Jordan, I'll tell you what. I will go first if it means I get to pick the next world. I just get to pick it. I don't have to roll it. Which one are you going to pick, though? I'm not going to tell you that. Mm, dang it. Dang it. You put, man, this is like a deal with the devil because you just – no, I'm not going to pick that deal because you can screw me over so sure? hard. Yeah, I'm not going to – Just think no. about how good it would feel right now to not start reading your world and instead just listen to my weird story. Yeah, instead I'm going to read my world. Okay. I need to find appropriate music. Jordan, I just need – I need you to tell me what what's the feel of your world? Dumb. It's not Dumb? good. It's okay, well, I'll no. find the soundtrack for Dumb and Dumber, okay. I guess. Ill. Now, um, okay, so my story, you told me not, because I told, was trying to talk to you about what I should do. And you now told I me feel not, bad. And you told me not to do this one because I could easily write too much about this topic because it's something I really want to start writing, really want to create a story, an actual story in. And so I picked it anyways and wrote nine <laughs> pages. It's <laughs> so... This is coming from, it's episode 73 when we redid a previous topic and I did the Hollow Root Forest. Um, okay. The intro of my story is kind of like a pretty much just recap of that. So, okay. here we go. What? Okay. No, what? don't what? worry about it. Why are you, you just saying did, okay? 
you know, we're supposed to, you know how, like, I'm supposed to write a world, and I just end up writing a story, you're supposed to write a story, and you're just like, so, I, I just rewrote the world, like. No, no, I, the first section recaps it, so I'm not going to explain everything, because I'm already going to talk through it again. So, but if you need to listen to the whole episode again, that's episode 73, and yeah, anyways, okay, this is part one, Larsa Combs, The Spirit of the Forest. I've been here in Hollowroot Forest for some months now. This place has always been a mystery, a place that legends and tales call the Devourer. Once you enter, you can never leave. But unlike other wanderers who found themselves trapped in this thick, dark forest, I chose to be here. It might seem crazy, but I used it to escape from an abusive scumbag father, if you can even call that animal a father. Hollowroot was a place he could never follow, a place that struck enough fear into people living around it that even the bravest people stayed far away. If those animals I called family for so long ever tried to follow me, they would be swallowed up by the forest. I find this place much easier to live in than where I came from. Unlike most, I came to Hollowroot with an advantage. I had read books and heard stories about what this place could do and realized that Hollowroot had a few rules. One, the more you try to leave, the more lost you become. Two, you cannot take from the forest without giving back. Giving praise and thanks to the forest is acceptable payment. And three, acts of violence are not permitted. Breaking the rules leads to the forest punishing you, and eventually you will return to the soil like all of those who broke the rules before you. You are either pulled down into the ground by lost souls, or the forest sentinels, black wolf-like monstrosities, come and hunt you. I have been here long enough to see that some people learn the hard way. But I was never a skeptic. I believed that every story I was told and every book I read was true. When I saw the forest punish what it believed was wicked, I was not surprised. Maybe that childhood naive thought of there has to be something worse than my own terrible childhood helped me not flinch when I saw the forest's punishments. But knowing wasn't the only advantage I had. The one good thing that ever came from how I was raised is that those beastly humans taught me how to survive. They were survivalist preppers, so they spent an extensive amount of time training me on what to do should an apocalypse ever occur. I know how to hunt with manual weapons, I know which plants are edible, which are not, and I know how to prepare a campsite among many other things. But most importantly, I am skilled at climbing and hiding. One thing about this forest is that desperation to escape leads to madness. So, I try to stay out of sight the, as best I can. Upon entering, I took the trees, only collecting what I would need to survive. At night, I would secure myself and sleep in the sky, with a beautiful array of stars above me. I was never worried about bugs crawling on me or in my ears while sleeping, because after being abused for so long, you start to get used to living without comfort. I knew that I had the advantage, and I knew that no one else ever enters the forest on purpose, and if they do, they do so without knowing what awaits them here. So I took it upon myself to be the guide of the forest. When I saw someone enter, I would make sure I taught them how this place works from afar. I would leave signs in the ground or tools to hunt and fish. Sometimes I would give portions of my own food, anything to help out. I wasn't always successful, though. My biggest failure, my one regret, is how I couldn't save Hunter. Hunter was a young man, probably late 20s. He was the first of the people I saw in this forest. I watched him from afar. Smart as a whip, he quickly figured out how this place worked all on his own. 
He came off as kind and innocent from the start. On his first night, he hunted a rabbit and gave thanks for giving up its life to him without being prompted, which meant the four sentinels left him alone. After a few days, he made his own campsite and was living quite well. I kept watch over him from the trees. He was an interesting person, didn't seem to be trained in survival skills, heck, didn't even seem to have Boy Scout training, and he survived on his own without any help. But then another came along. I didn't catch her name, but she was desperate to leave. I tried to help, leaving her tools and food, but she ignored it all, trying to push forward and get out of this place. Through desperation and hunger, she finally stumbled upon Hunter's camp. Almost completely starved, that desperation drove her to kill him while his back was turned. I watched as she brought down a large rock on his head again and again, and then she raided his camp. I could do nothing but watch as she greedily ate his food. Violence would lead to being hunted by the forest, and that's exactly what happened to her. The lost souls of the forest dragged her down into the soil to live for eternity with the other damned. From there, she would reach out from the ground to grab others who went down the same path as she did. I don't regret what happened to that woman. Hunter didn't deserve to die like that. He was innocent of everything that happened. I buried his body and marked it with a small cross. I visited from time to time, regretting that I couldn't do more to save him. Since then... I have been trying harder to make sure I can help others survive. Some do. Others fall ill, others die. But I do my best to guide them. For the fallen, I bury them where they fell and mark their graves. Each one is a regret. But for those who survive and find their own lives in Hollerut, I have heard them talking about the spirit of the forest, a guiding light that helped them make it through the darkness of Hollerut. And that's my first part. Uh, well, I like it so far. Yeah, it's I, uh... I I don't know. I like so like I've said, I've I want to turn this whole Hollow Root Forest thing into an actual story. I actually want to write in this world and like want to create something out of it. So this has been kind of like a proof of concept for myself, just like to see if I could keep interesting stories happening in this world. So yeah here's kind of what i'm doing and this is like so i have an idea for like how i want the whole story to go and like this is like part of it and like this will be like one of the more reoccurring main characters in it so yeah no i like that well it's it's a cool character like the unseen guide is an interesting idea for a character yeah Um, she's my favorite all right anyways well uh kind of sounds like a serious story that you have going there with some very real themes and you're gonna so, have a fun uh, joke story. What's your world, buddy? This is uh, called Miss Goodluck's Investigations: The Case of the Missing Chicken, <laughs> or I'm sorry, the case of the chicken missing. What what world is this? Uh, you remember the world where uh robots made um uh any like uh no I my don't. Robot- Which robot, robot world? Did he do two? I did. It was the first one that you said was slavery. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so you it's, just it's did this world just to bring this back to hurt me. <laughs> no, no. I mean, basically, it's it's the one where because of, like, amazing automation, there just isn't a need for, like, human struggling to survive. So the flip side was people just kind of returned to a more agrarian kind of living, not because they needed the food that they grew, but just because, like, there's a desire to like work and grow a community and you know. So anyways, this is Miss Goodluck's investigations, the case of the chicken missing. 
Late in the night, I sat alone in my office, sipping an espresso and reviewing the notes from my last case. Bruce was expecting me home, but this is important and, well, it's radish season, so he's going to be busy. So there I was, a light rain beginning to spray little glittery drops on my window. When, with no knock at all, my door burst open and a hooded and cloaked figure rushed into my office. I don't mind saying it was terrifying. My heart leapt into my chest and I lurched for the nearest weapon and I came up with the leftover carrot Bruce had bought, brought by. My brain was so shocked that all I could think is, man, those carrot dipping sauces that he brought were also very good. As I brandished my makeshift and bright orange sword, oh, I brandished, sorry, my makeshift and bright orange sword, the figure shrieked and stumbled backwards, falling over a spindly-legged chair. Miss Goodlucks? What are you- uh, I'm sorry, I'm not- wait, what? Who are you? And what are you doing breaking down my door? Oh, no, 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 I'm just- I need your help, Mrs. Goodlucks. I'm from the Rabbit Paw Meadow. I'm from Rabbit's Paw Meadow, <laughs> sorry. The village just east of here and- Oh, Rabbit's Paw, huh? Well, uh, alright, take a seat. Also, my name is Lily Stocks. That's the name of my business, Mrs. Goodlucks. My name is not Goodlucks. It's just branding, dear. Anyway, sit down. What's your name? Randall Crumpet. The young man muttered. I'm sorry, Randall Crumpet. The young man muttered, blushing as he struggled to his feet, tripping over his cloak. He had a kind of sweet face, kind of chubby and round, a cheerful face. But whatever was on his mind was putting the poor boy on edge. Okay, now you said you were here about a missing chicken. Is that correct? Right, well... You see, it's Princess Flaps. She's, she was, uh, he went pale. She is the best laying hen. Only a year old and lays eggs as big as my fist. Most of them double yokers. They are so rich, they practically glow. My omelets are famous. I'm not bragging, it's just, Princess Flaps is a great chicken. And well, I need you to find her and bring her back. I can pay in eggs. I'm, well, you know, I have a lot of chickens. Huh, well, to be honest with you, I, I deal more in, like, runoff kids and cheating spouses. I don't really know much about poultry. I mean, why do you think she was taken and not just, well, not to be cruel, dear, why do you think she wasn't eaten by a fox? Or a hawk? Ill-tempered dog? Oh, no. Prin Princess is way too smart to have just been eaten. She was definitely taken, and she's the best chicken in all of Rabbit's Paw. Well, he looked on the edge of tears, and I sighed. Well, I hope Bruce is busy with the radishes, because I guess I'm taking a trip. All right, when did you notice she was missing? Two days ago, and I told the constabulatory terminal, and it just said livestock crimes had to be 30 head or above. Well... I guess stealing one chicken doesn't actually count as a crime. Not to be mean, but why do you care so much for this chicken? I mean, you have a lot of chickens. And now you're out here in the dark trying to enlist the help of a PI. I don't... I mean, it's private, and people talk, so he trailed off looking scared. I can't help you if you won't talk. Look, it's a late night, and I need to get home, so if you don't want to talk much about it... I was bluffing. At this point, I was curious about how a missing chicken had scared this kid so much. Oh, no, 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 no. L look. Yes, what's up? I, just for my own clarity, 
so she thinks and talks in different voices just because I was getting confused a little bit there. Or do you I not- made a mistake. Oh. I should be narrating in her voice. Do you mind if I switch back you, to no, narrating? You can do, you can do what you want. I was just getting a little confused because I, I thought that was the boy's be, voice. I want to be narrating in her voice and I slipped up. You can, Are you cool you, with me? You can okay. do what you want. Sorry. I just... I wasn't trying to rag on you. I just got no, a little confused. No, honestly, I'm cool with you calling attention to it because I kind of realized I had messed that up and did not mean to. So, <laughs> right. sorry, audience. I, I just, again, what you don't know, I wasn't trying to rag on you. <laughs> no, no, no. In this case, I'm fine with it because I was thinking the same thing. Okay, cool. He looked deflated. Look, there's a, there's this girl. I smiled to myself. Of course. Her name is Millie, and we're in love, you see. But, well, I don't... I know I don't look, well, I'm not much to look at, you know, and well, she took a liking to Princess Flappy, and we got to talking, I would give her eggs, anyways, other people are jealous, and well, without Princess, I'm just another sad chicken rancher. Uh, Well, who's jealous? Everybody, I guess, but Big Chip Hardling, for one, or Harling, sorry, I can pronounce my own names. He thinks Miss Millie fancies him, and if suddenly he had the best eggs in all of Rabbit's Paw. All right, dear. Well, let's see what I can do. I left that night. Poor Randall was so worried. I just left Bruce a note. Gone to solve the exciting case of the missing chicken. Be in Rabbit's Paw. Give my love to the radishes. L. All right, that's the end of section one. Okay. Okay, so now it's time to rag on you. First, actually, this is not a rag. This is something I really appreciate. Is the chicken's name Princess Flappy? It's Flaps. Flaps, but you said Flappy the second time. So I wrote down Flaps originally, then the second time you said Flappy. So which is it? It's possible that I was not consistent. You weren't. Okay, so it's Princess Flaps. Second, Cody, are there actually going to be robots in this story, or did you just write an agrarian story because you wanted to write an agrarian story, so you found the best world to write an agrarian story in? I don't really want to answer that <laughs> question. So you wanted to write an agrarian story, and you just found the best world to do so in. I don't really want to. <laughs> it's Dude, it's fine. I just love I don't how wanna... you're yeah, it's a robot world, right? And it's like, hold on. <laughs> is it? Is it now? If is you notice... Really... He talked about talking to a constabulatory terminal. Oh, shut up, Cody. That doesn't count. So, basically, <laughs> I'm right and you're wrong, is the moral of the story. <laughs> okay, buddy. Okay. All right. And also, the other thing, this isn't ragging now. This is The other thing I notice is that usually... I'll write a more serious story, and you'll write something fun and happy. I'm guessing people lean towards the more fun and happy, but I can't help but take myself overly serious all the time. You guys have definitely, hopefully, noticed that. So this is my second. I'm so sorry, guys. I can't change who I am or what I am. So this is my second part, part two, the approaching winter. Hmm. I realize after what I wrote, it's not really, the winter's not really approaching. The winter's here, so whatever. Part two, the approaching winter. <laughs> Ten months have passed since I first left for Hollerout. I had been planning this out for a while. My escape was swift, but thought out. I left early spring as the weather began to warm up and there was no snow in sight. That way, I would have plenty of time to prepare for the winter. I wasn't stupid, though. I took everything I could carry from my home and brought it with me. 
It was everything from cooking equipment to lighters and winter clothes. On the way out, I stole my dad's old military-grade gas mask with tinted lenses to obscure my face. No one could see me going into the forest, and either way, my face was something I was extremely ashamed of. The mask has come in handy as I can't have people in the forest seeing who I am and I definitely can't get attached. To others, I will remain a spirit, a ghost that fits into the narrative of a haunted, devouring forest. Instead of being the hideous, damaged girl from a broken home, I am so much more here. In the forest, I gathered more supplies, like my trusty recurve bow, Eleanor, and a pretty good fishing rod. I was able to use materials from old campsites and vehicles that the forest swallowed up to create shelters for myself in harsher weather. Now that the winter is approaching, I am no longer able to hide in the trees. There is no way to stay warm and the leaves have fallen, taking away my cover. As soon as the temperature began to drop, I knew I would have to rough it on the forest floor. The first few snows were fine. I was able to keep making shelters for myself and animal traps to keep me stocked with a supply of fresh food. But I had to keep moving day to day for fear of running into those desperate enough to kill me for my supplies. On an especially cold winter day, about a foot of snow had fallen the night before, covering the world beneath it. I had spent the night sleeping in an abandoned Corolla, using plenty of blankets to keep me warm. But moving through the forest, the cold air and wind chafed my cheeks. It felt like my skin was burning. So I covered up, donning the black gas mask I, the forest spirit, was becoming known for. My goal for the day was to find a new shelter or maybe an abandoned barrel so I could start a large fire. But then, I stumbled across an area unlike any I had seen before. The area was clear of trees and the ground bubbled and slanted abnormally. The winter air around me was cold and silent, and it was like the usually active animals avoided this place. I was curious. I knew to be cautious, but I continued taking each step quietly and carefully. I moved towards the large slanted growth in the ground and started thinking to myself, what could be causing the ground to deform like this? I thought I was smart enough to avoid walking on the slants, but with my next steps, I heard a loud snap and began to fall. I instinctively turned my body so I would not land on my legs breaking them or land on my head ending my already short life. Instead, I tried to brace myself and fell on my side against a hard, cold floor with a loud wham! The air was knocked out of my lungs and pain surged through my side. My thoughts began to race. What just happened? Where did I fall? How could I fall like that? What is this place? I looked around quickly to make sure I hadn't fallen into a trap and no one was waiting down here or above to come in my life and take my supplies. I seemed to be in a room. The only light was coming from the hole I just made above. I had fallen about 20 feet into what seemed like a building. Maybe something the forest swallowed up, but I had previously thought that building here was impossible. Around me, illuminated by the white light above, were a few pieces of furniture and a narrow hallway leading to a large to large double doors. I seemed to be in some sort of lobby, but the pain from the fall snapped me back to the reality of the situation. I needed to see what the damages were. I lay there, closed my eyes, and focused on the pain. Most of it was coming from my left arm. I probably broke it in the fall. Pulling a string to release my backpack, I slowly rolled onto my back to not disturb whatever injuries I had occurred in my accrued in my fall. My left arm was bent at an odd angle, and using a knife from my pack, I was able to cut back my coat and look at the wound. 
My forearm was definitely broken, and my fingers were beginning to lose feeling. But lucky me, the bone did not pierce the skin, and it did not look like a compound fracture. But the next part was going to be a lot of pain. As dimly as I could, I removed supplies from my pack with my right arm. Thank the heavens I did not break my dominant hand. I sandwiched the broken arm between two planks of wood and tied them loosely together with the rope to create a makeshift splint. Taking the rope in my fist, I braced myself and pulled as hard as I could. The knot tightened and the two pieces of wood were bound together tightly, forcing my bone back in place with a quiet snap. Pain shot through my body and I let out a scream that seemed to shake the room, followed by the longest string of obscenities I could possibly manage. Tears rolled down my face and splashed onto the lenses of the gas mask. I took a few minutes to calm down and gather my thoughts. I wasn't dead, but I was pretty screwed at this point. I had fallen on my side with my recurve bow, and it was broken clean in half, meaning I couldn't hunt for a larger game. My left arm was broken, meaning I could not, I would not be able to do any two-handed activities until it healed. This then meant I probably couldn't climb out of here. I was stuck underground in a weird drab building in the middle of a spooky horror forest. Then things got much weirder. From deep within the building, barely loud enough for me to hear, came a voice. Oh, you have finally come to visit me, sweet Larsa Combs. And that is the end of my second part. I like that so far. I feel like it's boring. It has no real impact on anything. No, I mean, it's creepy. I like that oh, it's creepy. It's, it's creepy. A good creepy. Yay, that's story. what I was going for. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's a good creepy story. Cool, that's... Finding a weird... I, You know, it's weird. I just watched... Um, What's it called? While I was cooking dinner. I don't uh, know, Cody. Silent Hill. I don't know if you've ever watched the I Silent Hill I was going Hill to watch movie. it this weekend. I actually have the DVD on my table. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. That's why I wanted to watch it. All right. I mean, just know what you're getting into here. Is it bad? Because uh, I played the, I, I played one of the video games. You know, it, 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 bad is such a hard word. So it's bad. I've watched it a lot of times because to me it's like a fun horror movie to watch. So... It's fun. I'm cool with it. All right, you ready? As we rode, I about lost my mind. All the poor boy could talk about was eggs. Ovaries, he scrambled on toast with butter and cakes, soft, medium, and hard-boiled, and on and on about the omelets. I have never learned so much about the proper curd side of a French omelet versus a country omelet. We rode into an adorable little hamlet. The town did not have much, a nice inn, some shops, but open sp- the open spaces were dotted with coops of all shapes and sizes, and the noise of crow of the and the noisy crowing of roosters nailed it. My hometown of River Fork Meadow is all gardens. This is livestock land, and there was a certain smell in the damp morning as we rode into town. No sooner had we stopped our horses in the town square than a cheery call and wave. Then there, then I heard a cheery call and wave. A smiling woman came jogging up, and grabbed the neck of Randall's horse, stroking it and blinking up at Randall, who looked miserable. Randy, what are you doing riding into town in the morning? And who is your friend? Well, this is, well, Miss Millie, this is Miss Goodlucks. I mean, Stocks. She's well. She's here to find Princess Flappy. I guess I'm going with Flappy, not Flaps. 
I landed on Flappy. <laughs> I, I enjoy how you just made the decision for yourself. Well, my writing made the decision. See, so I was right in that you changed it halfway through. That I was starting to think I was crazy. Oh, uh, nice to meet you. I'm Millie Pons. She bounced over and shook my hand without really ever looking at me. So, Randy, where are my eggs? It has been a few days since you came by and dropped any off or made me breakfast. Oh, well, you know, what with my chicken missing and all, you know. The poor idiot just blushed and looked away. Billy's face fell as she walked off with a short goodbye and good day. She already loves you. You don't need a chicken. I kicked Randy. So it's Randy, is it? That's what she calls me. Oh, well, Randy, maybe you should just make her an omelet and tell her you're in love with her? He blushed even- he blushed even worse. No way, not without Princess Flappy. There's not a possibility. (sighs) Alright, well, point me to where this chip hangs out and we'll have a little chat. Why don't you just run off and go home? No, no. Look, Miss Stocks, Chip is big and scary, and you don't want to mess with him. Maybe you just watch him or ask around, and then you can prove that it's him, and then, well, I'll take care of myself, dear, so where is he? Randall pointed to the inn, looking miserable. All right, now run off home. Sorry, I messed up the narration there again. It's fine. As I walked into the tavern, I saw Chip right away, a massive and mean-looking man with cruel eyes. Before I could make my way up to him, though, another man interrupted me quite rudely. Hello there. I don't believe we have met. I am Vincent Pond, the councilman in these parts. And who might you be? Oh, I did not realize I was speaking to royalty. Oh, no need to be rude. I meant no offense. I'm just curious about a new face. I sighed. Always someone to get in the way. Look, I'm Lily Stocks. I'm a private investigator. Young Randall has hired me to find his missing chicken. And currently you are getting in the way of me doing a perfectly legal investigation. So unless you know anything about a missing prized hen, I have work to do. The town councilman looked visibly shaken. Poor Randall losing that bird. That's quite a tragedy. Princess Flappy was poised to come in first place at all our eggs festivals for the next years to come. It is such a tragedy to see her be missing. Also, I'm sure my dear Millie will be just heartbroken. Yeah, 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 yeah. I shoved past the blustering old man and made my way up to the more intimidating looking chip. I also messed up the narration there. Sorry. It's fine. Just you don't have to apologize every time. It's fine. I'm going to, though. I tried to put on a friendly face, but sometimes, admittedly, that is a struggle for me. Well, hello, Chip. My name is Lily, and I thought you might like to talk to me. Chip hardly moved. He glanced down at me and in a slow, lumbering voice said, Why would I want to speak to you? Well, you are Randall's neighbor, and he's missing his chicken, and I thought you might want to help me find it. I mean, Randall seems to think that you're around a lot, and you would probably have seen if anything happened to his chicken, like maybe if it was eaten, or maybe if it was taken by a neighbor. Chip looked mad. 
I've told Randall a thousand times. I don't know anything about his chicken. I don't care about his chicken. I have my own chickens. Just cause Randall knows that he'll never win Millie's heart without that bird doesn't mean I took it. I mean, I did not mean to imply anything to you. Oh, sure you did. Everyone assumes I'm big mean Chip and I stole the chicken. It's not my fault that I'm huge. And now I think it's time for you to leave. I was just beginning to enjoy our conversations. Nope, time for you to go. I'm done talking. Well, that was a dead end, but what are you going to do? I spent the rest of my day in much the same manner, talking to Randall's neighbors, trying to... I shudder to say this, put together a chicken timeline for when people had last seen the bird. But by far the worst part was when my day was finally over. Randall, very graciously, had offered me a, ro a room in his little house. And I had to listen to the boy go on and on and on about all the awards Princess Flappy had won, about all the good cooking he could do with the eggs... I was beginning to lose my mind. I had never heard so much about eggs. I was really done listening to eggs. I, What's the end of section two? Ah, oh, jeez. Okay. I mean, we can debrief after we're finished, but I, I need to talk to you about these um, agrarian stories that you see. Like, is it because you grew up in, like, a more rural area or, like, what's... No, it's because I've been playing Stardew Valley and reading detective novels. But you also, when we did our five-part story episode, you also pitched a very agrarian story. Is oh, it just because... Yeah. Do you like this style? I, I just... I'm not trying... Again, not trying to rag, turning over a nice leaf. Screw you. <laughs> I hate you! There, see? Give the no, fans what I they want. Screw you, Cody. I hate your hair. But... I just want to know. Um, I think so. Uh, n no, I like kind of specifically don't have a romantic view of rural America because I grew up in rural America, so it doesn't seem special to me. It's not. Um, I <laughs> I like the setting of like um a like cute village that is appealing to me. Like, here's the deal. My romantic fantasy is owning a bed and breakfast in a small town. Oh, that's really cute. I want to be every bit of Gilmore Girls. Um, yeah, I saw your face, Jordan. But if I oh could shoot, own a I Luke's forget diner, that you can see directly. I need to like turn away because I forget <laughs> that you can see like my whole facial expression when I just do the. Oh God! <laughs> my point is, my dream is for me to be a grumpy diner owner and Mandy to own an inn, and then we can get all the, the new money heart from show. All the tourists, the new heart show, the Bob Newhart show. That's exactly what you're talking about. Oh, is that what? Oh, that's also Gilmore Girls. But anyways, uh, except I'm my not mom would be proud thing. of that reference. You're welcome, Bob. I love you. <laughs> I'm not going to do the thing where Lorelai finally ends up with Luke and then breaks up with him so she can be with her old ex-boyfriend who she does not like. But anyways, Spoilers. They have to keep the show going. yeah, I don't care. She dumps Luke in a way that is brutal and unfair because they had to keep the show going. It was always meant to be Luke. Well, and anyway, that goes back to my sitcom world where it has uh, always has to be. Anyways, you can never be happy because you have to make episodes. Um, I think I find the idea of communities engaging and fun 
and a fun escape. Mm-hmm. And I also like the low stakesness of the world. So I like the idea of writing a mystery where there weren't really huge stakes. No one was going to die, but there's still a reason to like be involved and try to help people. You know what I mean? So I, I just, it was supposed to be nice. It's just supposed to be nice. Okay. It's non-cynical. It's nice. It's a nice, cute story. The other thing. So you said the, what's the love interest name again? Um, her name it's is Millie, Millie. Sorry. I did. I, I made a mistake. Millie and Lily. Lily is the main character. She is an older woman. Millie is the one, the, the woman that I ran. I also noticed that you used the name for the other, the pitched idea for the agrarian story. You used the name Lily there. Do you have a connection to the name Lily or you just run out of ideas? Yeah. Yeah. Full disclosure. Um, that was a name that we were considering. Oh for our kid and then one we had a son and two other people took yeah, it so but i know the other you know yeah, who i know took who it. took it and their daughter lily is the best and i love her yeah so so i don't even blame now, them for digging because it's a perfect name for that that's, beautiful that's always been child. a name that i like yeah. it's just one that i you know can't use for my own kids for so now you have to use it in every story it's just it's gonna come up you know and and it's like when i'm like i need girl name the first one that's gonna pop into my head is like lily i mean my like names that i use are usually like magdalene cassandra ophelia larsa <laughs> it's like all it's like names that like you don't usually hear so yeah i mean i love the name cassandra it's a good name but don't shorten to cassie i like cassandra the full cassandra you gotta go full cassandra <laughs> Anyways, I I usually like the shorter version. Well, that's also another. I like longer version, like, like Magdalene. Really uh, except for Magdalene, I like Magda as a shortened Magdalene. Or Ma- that's still pretty long. Magda. Yeah, I guess that's not that. I long. don't like it's Maggie because Maggie just seems too like. Yeah. Anyways, it feels like the little girl from The Simpsons. Sure, I didn't even that wasn't the connection I made, but sure. Um. Okay. So. My third part. Wow, this is going faster. No, it's not going faster than I thought. That's a lie. (laughs) Okay, so third part, seeing the future. My body stiffened, and I thought it could be very possible that my heart stopped. First, how could anyone be down here and why? This place could be great for shelter. It was away from the cold environment, and as far as I knew, it was completely hidden from the rest of the forest. But then, if it was just a random person, how did they know who I was, much less my name? I had never told anyone who I was in this forest, and when I left, I didn't carry any ID with me. Why would I have? It's not like I would need it in the middle of a horror forest. Even if the Sentinels took me, it's not like they would read my ID and be like, Oh, sorry ma'am, your record is clean, and you're good to go. Lastly, where was this person? I had scanned the room and saw nothing when I first landed. The voice seemed very far away. How could they see me, and where were they hiding? There was one entrance to where I was, the long hallway I was now facing, and the other was a door, which of course was forced shut, being underground. The voice called out again, as if it was trying to reassure me. Fear not, sweet Larsa. I do not intend to harm you. I just want to talk to you. To meet you. Where are you? I called out, voice only muffled by my mask. I thought about covering my mouth with that, but I'm like, that's probably not good radio. (laughs) (laughs) Just follow my voice down the hall. Don't worry. This place is completely safe. It is only me and you here, the voice said sweetly. 
Despite what they said, I didn't believe them for a second, but it was my only choice. I couldn't go anywhere else, so I needed to see this out. After putting my arm into a sling, I turned on my large flashlight and pointed it towards the degrading double doors. If I was attacked, this mystery person would get a hard metal handle to the face. Knowing I had at least somewhat of a backup plan, I continued through the double doors with caution. Another thin hallway presented itself before me, and I slowly walked down it. The walls, after being underground, were beginning to buckle inward. There were a few hallways branching off to the other rooms, but they had previously collapsed and were filled with dirt and rubble. Faint sounds of dripping water echoed throughout the hall. I stepped over the puddles, trying to avoid soaking my boots and pants. The voice came to me again, with its sweet but raspy tone. You see, Larsa, this place used to be a school. As you know from the legends, Hollowroot is a greedy collector of sorts. It takes everything that enters. It is, a mal it is malicious to anything that disobeys its rule. But wanting to know more about this world, it let those foolish enough to enter come in, start their lives for themselves. But things were peaceful, until those who inhabited Hollowroot became greedy themselves. They wanted to cut down the place and build a city. So the forest retaliated and trapped them here, and their civilizations eventually were swallowed up by the ground. Her voice trailed off at the end. I realized I was coming to my destination. In front of me stood the only door in the hallway that was not collapsed. The voice was coming from behind there. I pushed open the door slowly and peered in, seeing something I wasn't quite expecting. The room was fully illuminated, unlike the rest of the sunken building. Across the walls was a beautiful display of vines, flowers, and roots. In the middle of each flower came a glowing light. Grass spread across the floor, and at the center of the room, a small tree stood. The tree's roots rose up from the ground here and there, and its branches shaped into a small throne. At the top of the small throne, in the center of this living room, in this living room, an old woman sat. Her, she herself was connected to the tree, its branches weaving under her clothes and attaching to her skin. I could see where they dug into her face, though it did not look painful. From the back of her neck, I could see a bundle of branches like a cord connecting further down into the tree. The woman herself was very old. Her hair was completely white and her skin was, cover was covered with wrinkle lines. She tilted her head up to look at me, and I could see that her eyes were white like glass. But despite the emptiness of her eyes, they seemed kind and gentle. Upon seeing me, her lips cracked into a warm smile. This sent chills down my spine. Ah, sweet Larsa, I have been watching over you for some time, she said quietly. Please come closer. Let me see your face without any obstructions. I was weary of her, but from the looks of how she was attached to that tree and her age, I knew I could overpower her if I had to, even with my broken arm. So I obliged and took off my mask. I saw no reason not to show her my face. It seemed like she already knew me. What did I have to lose? I knelt before her and looked up at her. She lightly brushed her hand across my face. She touched the splotches of white skin that spread across my dark face, circled around my eyes and my mouth. You are absolutely beautiful, dear. You shouldn't hide your face. You should wear it proudly, she said. I had never heard those words before. No one had ever called me beautiful. My face was always something used against me like some kind of weapon. Hideous, cow, deformed were all words used to describe me. Never beautiful. 
who are you? I asked, still unsettled by the situation. For some reason, I felt calmed by her, even though everything in my mind told me to run. The display in front of me was worrisome. How did she end up part of the tree? It was almost like she was directly connected to Halaru itself. My name is Alexandra. I am like you, a spirit of the forest. I stumbled upon this place when I was very young, wanting to run away from the from an unfortunate life. But when I was finally aware of what this place was, I took it upon myself to survive and help others survive. I guided as many as I could, but some I could not save from themselves or others. I was here for years, maybe even decades, and then the forest became interested in me. It wanted me to become one with it, become its eyes and ears. It wanted to learn what it meant to be human. In return, I would gain direct communication with the true soul of Hollowroot. Through it, I would see everything that happened here and know of every human who entered. So, so that's how you know me? That's how you became part of this tree? Part of this room? All through the power of the forest? I asked curiously, concern dripping into my voice. Yes, but I didn't want this. I didn't want to be trapped here for eternity. I just wanted to survive. But eventually, I had no choice. Now I am one with Halaroot, she said, looking down sadly. But why are you interested in me? What's the point of our meeting? Because, she paused, because this is the fate of people like us. The forest has already taken interest in you, and one day you will become just like me, part of the forest. Is this too dark? <laughs> the no, same, the same question I asked on the episode where I introduced this world. It's like, did I go too dark? Why, why me? What's so special about me? You guide the weak. You bring peace to the dead. You listen to nature, regard it, nurture it. You are exactly what this forest wants. These words freaked me out, and I stood up quick and backed away. So what? Am I supposed to just give in? Let the forest take over me? Become a vessel for something else to control? Do I not get a choice in the matter? I would never wish to go back to my birth parents on the outside, but even worse to me was being bound and controlled by a sentient forest. I was tired of being used and abused my whole life. Alexandra looked up at me. Her eyes were sad and pleading me not to say anything else, as if she was being forced to confront me like this. Then I realized something. She was not here on the behalf of the forest, but on my behalf. She wanted to warn me about what was coming for me, give me a chance to react. She wanted to protect me. Alexandra was way beyond years. It seemed like the only thing keeping her alive, no, forcing her to live, was Hollowroot. Did she regret this turn in her life? Did she spend her whole life doing the right thing, and then it just ended up like this? Larsa. You'll have a choice. The force will come to you one day and expect an answer from you. You must answer its call. Alexandra said this, choosing her words very carefully. She was making sure to avoid all negatives, to only speak solely as an unbiased messenger. So what's next? What happens next? I clearly can't go anywhere like this, I said, motioning to my broken arm. I don't want to become just a puppet for Hollowroot. I am not 
here to change your mind. I want to be your guiding post, tell you the secrets of Hollowroot, inform you of this world around you so that you can strive. I want to be your guide, just as you have been the guide for so many other souls. Her eyes looked determined, like she had some sort of plan. Maybe this was her way of giving me what I needed to avoid becoming like her. I can provide for you here until your arm heals. Then you are welcome to go anywhere else in the forest. I looked down at her and gave in. Whatever was going to happen here was way easier than trying to climb out with one arm. Fine. I'm all yours. And that's the end of my part three. Okay, I'm interested. I don't know if that's all a good right. interested, but I'm glad you're interested. I'm very <laughs> self-deprecating hate everything I write. I'm sorry, guys. I don't like what I do. I, like, think that she's evil, but she isn't evil yet, so that's throwing me off, you know? But, like, not in a your world's bad way, but I'm just, like, waiting for her to become evil, you yeah. know? I mean, if we did, like, a five-part story episode like we did before, I would totally do this and flesh this more out, but I did what I could for one episode, so. It's okay, I just think that she's evil. Yeah, you, you know? also thought that Magdalene should die, so sometimes you're wrong. I did think, I didn't. No, we don't have, we don't have to. to. Just go to your story. We don't have to. I just thought it would have been a stronger story. Um, maybe I don't like being a cliche. Maybe I don't like. I had trouble sleeping. It's hard to keep my mind from spinning. Everyone seemed to know about Princess Flappy in this little town, and everyone seemed to have an opinion on that bird. I do not see why anyone would care to steal it. Who cares if Randall had a prized bird? A prized bird having eggs was nothing special in this town. It was about something else. I decided the first thing I would do the next morning is speak with Millie. Maybe she had more to do with this than she realized. The next day dawned bright and beautiful. It was a perfect summer's day, warm and noisy, with the herds of chickens and the bugs they preyed on. I found... Oh, shoot. What? Shoot, I said some names wrong. Oh, no. I found Millie sitting on a bridge over a quiet little stream. Hey, Millie, don't know if you remember me. I'm that investigator trying to help find Princess Flappy for Randall. Randy's friend. I'm so glad you're helping him, but I don't know how much help I can be. Oh, so you mean to tell me you didn't steal the bird? What? No. Okay, I just had to check it off my list. But let me ask you this. Randall and everyone else seems to think that that bird's a pretty big deal. Is it really that important in this town that he has the best chicken? Oh, well, Randy's a little silly about that, isn't he? I think he thinks that I only like him because of his birds, but really, I think I like him because of his cooking. She, she giggled and smiled. Honestly, I just wish he would figure out faster that I just plain like him. Well, dear, men are idiots. But what about Chip? He seems like an interesting specimen of a man, if you know what I mean. Oh, well, yeah, Chip's a real sweetheart, even though he doesn't like to show it. Randall's terrified of him for sure, but I think Randall's terrified of just about everybody. So you don't think that Chip would have stolen a chicken to maybe impress you? Chip? No. If he was going to try to impress me, I think he would just sit near me in silence. But Princess Flappy is a big deal. You should ask my father about it. Your father? 
Oh, yeah, he judges all the egg festivals. For about six months now, all he's been doing is giving awards to Princess Flappy and Randy. Does your father get along well with Randall? Well, uh, no, but I think that's more because I like Randall and less because of Princess Flappy. I don't mean to brag. Private investigation has taught me a few things, and some of them might be less than technically legal. But one of the best ones is finding documents, paper trails, journals, a little notation of people's thoughts. And also that little thing um, about being adept at breaking and entering. The councilman's office was not hard to find, and frankly, the lock was so easy to pick, it barely even counts as really breaking and entering. And to his credit, Councilman... Sorry, hang on. I got the name wrong. Councilman Pond keeps great hey, books. Hey, I have a feeling you wrote this today. Uh, no, actually, I didn't write this part. wrote it today. yesterday. I wrote... I did write some of this yesterday. Okay. And I did write some of it today, but not this part. Okay, continue. Why do you get that feeling? Because you forgot... You did the names wrong. <laughs> I did. I did. It's because I chose too many similar names. I shouldn't have done that. That that's that's amateur writing mistake right there. Should have found and replaced all of those. Yep, yep, yep. I needed to make much more exaggerated names. Anyways, Councilman Pond keeps great books. Twenty years, there was perfect descriptions of everyone who had won an egg festival. And the detailed records of all the favors he was owed based on the victories he gave out for the ties and all the egg festivals. Mm. This councilman had had barns fixed, chickens delivered, land cleared, and breakfast made, all in exchange for tiebreakers on the famous egg festivals. But now for six months, all of those favors had dried up, and that wasn't bad enough, but I also found a very detailed plan for a baited, spring-loaded, non-lethal trap. My next stop was the councilman's house. I was hoping I would find him alone. I knocked on the door and waited for an answer. When nothing came, I pounded even harder and shouted, Councilman Pond! We need to talk about the bird! About Princess Flappy! What? Oh, no, dear. I'm far too busy today. Please schedule something or just... Just not today. You must go. Councilman, I'm not going anywhere until you surrender the bird! There was a bang, and the back door of the house swung open, and that is the end of section three. I, I hate that I'm invested in this. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I mean, I got like you kind of laid all of your eggs on the table, so I kind of know where it's going. But yeah, you know, you can't really write a very like lengthily suspenseful mystery in four sections that are each supposed to be like ten minutes long. You can't write a like horror story in. <laughs> four and four sections eight like eight pages was like me just like okay i need to figure out how to shorten this sorry nine yeah because like this could have easily been way longer i left out a lot of descriptions for you people to not have to listen to it i just kind of had to be like everywhere that she goes you immediately got the information yep. you know what it's, i mean it's like playing <laughs> it's like D &D you don't know and just always rolling a 20 yeah, it's like you don't know who stole the chicken right away, but if she goes up and talks to someone and it that's not the person that stole it, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Okay. <laughs> Cause I cannot have her going back in circles. Don't have enough time. 
Yeah, you really, you really don't. We like that's the thing. Is like we have to. That's why I kind of want to do another four part. Uh, sorry, five part story episode. Like, well, series. So whenever you want to do that, man, I'm down. Wink, wink, <laughs> wink, wink. I mean, I am okay, too. Okay, cool. We'll talk about that. Okay, part four: determination. I spent about four months underground with Alex. Enough time for my arm to completely heal. Despite being one-armed and trapped underground, I got a lot done. I made a new recurve bow from the parts of the old, repaired old clothes, but most importantly, created a ladder to help me return above ground. Alex helped me build all of this using her par- her powers connected to the forest. She also gave me medicinal herbs to help me heal. With that, my arm healed as best as it could with my botched setting job. Though I did manage to lose feeling in my fingertips, but that was something I could deal with. At least I hadn't lost my arm. Despite feeling a tad bit trapped, it was nice. Alex kept me company, and despite her age, we were very similar. Her humor, her struggles through life, and her personality almost were almost like a mirror image of me. We grew very close over my months of healing. Alex was around 80 years old. The force had kept her alive all this time. She did not need to eat or sleep. She gained her energy through her connection with Hollowroot, but her body had become fragile through the lack of mobility that came with being attached to a tree. She could only move to the end of the room, never able to leave it. I felt bad for her, and this scared me even more, knowing that the forest wanted to do the same thing to me. Alex helped keep me from going stir-crazy from my time underground. With her powers of the forest, she was able to create beautiful displays to accompany her stories of Hollowroot. She taught me a lot, but we were both painfully aware that the forest was always listening to us. Regardless, I learned quite a bit. Those books about Hollowroot that I read were close to the truth, but still not quite on the head. She showed me the creation of the forest as we know it, and many stories of inhabitants throughout the years. I saw the beginning of the small town that we were in and the building of the school. Those inhabitants were happy, but then they crossed the forest and it lashed out in anger. That's what happens here. You either follow the rules or you die. I didn't quite think I could live like that, but after all, I did choose this place. Maybe I was wrong about my decision. Maybe Hallroot was not my final resting place. It was nearing time when I would need to move on from the abandoned school building and continue my explorations above ground. I was destined to survive this forest and help others. I didn't want to just leave Alex. She had become like an older sister to me, something I never really had before. But I also couldn't stay underground forever. And as I would find, neither could she. A few months back, she asked me for my journal and a pen. She was very adamant that the materials were not to be connected to Hallroot in any way, so I handed it over, thinking nothing of it. I would see her writing in it from time to time. Her eyes were always closed and her head would be pointed towards the ceiling. I would watch as her frail hands would travel quickly across the page. As I began to pack and get ready to leave, I saw that she dropped a small piece of paper beside her chair. It was a note meant for me. She wanted out. She could not continue to live this secluded life, underground, simply living as a pawn of a supernatural force. She felt that she lived long enough and wanted to pass on, away from this place. Her note detailed that meeting me was the best thing that happened to her, 
that I was a light in her dark in her rather dark life, but she wanted to be free. She had hoped that she gave me the keys to protect myself from this wretched place. It tore me up inside knowing what I had to do, but I needed to do this for her. I wanted to set Alex free. I pulled out a small hunting knife and knelt beside her, leaning in close. She looked up at me with a faint smile. So, it is finally time for us to part ways, dear friend, she said calmly. I... I hate that I have to do this, I said, voice trembling. But... but I know I have to do this. Thank you. For everything. For being a mentor a teacher, and for being my first and only friend. I love you, Alexandra, and I will never forget you. With tears streaming down my face, I cut the cord connecting her to the forest. Thank you, she whispered as a tear fell down her old wrinkled cheek. Her head bent forward and she was silent. Alexandra had died with a faint smile. This tore me apart on the inside. Alexandra meant the world to me. She was the only ray of joy in this short, broken life. I felt empty inside, longing to see her look back up at me and say, Everything will be okay, dear. But nothing like that happened. I waited there patiently for the sentinels to come and take my life from me. After all, I did take Halarut's most prized possession, but they never showed up. Part of me knew they wouldn't. Halarut wanted me too badly. If it destroyed me, it would be at a loss. The room felt empty now with Alexandra gone, even though the plants still lived on. I could hear the faint wind on the outside calling me back up, though I couldn't just leave her there like that, so I took my time and carefully cut her away from the branches of the room. I laid her body out on a blanket and tightly wrapped her in it. She didn't deserve to be buried here in her own prison. She had told me once of a small clearing where wild daisies daisies grew. That's where I would head first and lay my friend to rest. Upon climbing back to the surface, I found that the air was clear and warm. I had missed this, the freedom to go where I wanted, well, freedom that was limited to this forest. The walk to the clearing was long and somber. I thought about my time with Alex and how this forest trapped her. I thought about how eventually it would come for me. I took my time to carefully transport her across the forest. One thing was different this time. I left the mask off and tied my hair up. She made me feel confident in my appearance for the first time ever, and I would wear that confidence proudly. When I made it to the clearing, it was as beautiful as she described. The perfect place to lay my friend to rest. It's weird to say, but I never thought I would have friends to bury. To finally have a friend was a good feeling, even if it was only for a short period of time. But Alex was gone. It was time for me to carry on. I marked her grave with a large cross and, hug, and hung a crown of daisies around it. I originally used this forest to, scrape, to escape from my old life, but that was a mistake. I knew now that I just got comfortable with the idea that life would never hold anything good for me. But after meeting Alex, I knew that I could find some happiness through all of this dark. I knew that Hallowroot Forest would not be my final resting place. The forest would eventually come for me, but no matter what, I was determined not to let it take me. I was willing to take on the sentinels or the lost souls, anything and everything it would throw at me. I planned to help others defy the forest. I would guide them and we would survive. 
Escape or no, I will learn to live a life that will make Alexandra happy. Halarut will never own me. And that's the end of my story. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you. Thank you. I I want to write more in this world. I want to do a story with all of this. I like the ideas I have in it. I feel like they're I unique. did think she was going to get killed or like not killed, whatever, taken. taken by the forest. Yeah. But I like it. It's a cool setup for a character. Thank you. I like I really want to write in this and yeah so i'm going to be working on this and we might hear some more coming in later episodes but yeah anywho mine pretty much ends yeah but please end this episode on a happy note please uh it definitely ends on an upbeat okay thank you because the beat we're at is like sad we need we need (laughs) to like end happily because because i just like hey i'm gonna have her kill her best friend ah All right, you ready? Y'all ready for this? For the exciting conclusion? Every episode I have to do it once. (laughs) The town councilman took off running. The stoic bird just cooing placidly. He swung up into the saddle, into his saddle, and with a shout, he can't have her! This chicken will ruin all the egg festivals to come! The kid Randy will win them all! He just kept shouting as he... He just kept shouting, he can't have her! He can't have her! As he galloped like thunder out of the town square. I swung up into my old mare's saddle and took off after him. Already tired from the hard riding, I nearly rode down Chip as the councilman, as Councilman Pond and I rode out of town. Fear burned through me. He might hurt that poor bird or himself. And as much as I loved my horse, she was slow. An old man pond was already gaining on me, riding off toward the open fields. Just as I thought all hope was lost, a massive jet-black horse came tearing across the fields, leaping fences, coops, and houses in mighty leaps and bounds. Astride the massive steed was Chip, his big face just as calm and flat as it had been when I spoke to him in the inn. His face never changed as he leapt from his horse knocking Vincent off of his steed and snagging Princess Flappy from the other man's arms. It was not unlike watching a bear do gymnastics. (laughs) Both men rolled on the ground and came up. Vincent ran off into the fields crying and screaming, but Chip just stood there and waited for me, his face impassive. Well there, big fella, that was quite heroic. Hmm. Well... It's wrong to steal, and it's neighborly to help out. Chip was silent as we rode back, just slowly patting the chicken on the head. It was a funny scene, the massive man handing over the chicken to Randall. Randall broke down and started crying, gave Chip a massive hug. Chip just kind of awkwardly patted him on the head. The day's light grew dim as I rode my old mare back to my town. The soft buzzing murmurs of the late summer bugs singing as I made my way home. Stars lit my sky and I smiled the calm relaxation of a job well done, making me all loose. I crested the hill and looked down the Fork River looked down at Forked Rivers Glen. The town was bright with firelight and the sweet vibrations of good music. All the folk were coming out and down to the square. 
Somewhere Bruce was down there, bringing bushels of radishes to show off. How many days it had been since I had left chasing that stupid missing chicken? I think it had been two or three. I was tired. <laughs> I stumbled off my horse and tied her up to the hitching post and walked numbly into the crowd. So many smiling faces and happy chatter of families and friends, but I was only looking for Bruce. I felt a gentle hand on my waist and then a whiskery kiss on my cheek. I leaned into a warm embrace from my Bruce. He spun me around and looked into my face. His If Bruce isn't a robot, this is cheating. <laughs> <laughs> his bearded face was bright with a smile that made his eyes all crinkly. Without a word, he led me onto the dance floor and held me close as we revolved in the firelight and soft guitar music under a blanket of bright stars. I smiled, finally happy and at home. And that so did Millie and Randall get together? Hey, man, that's well, where the oh, sequel... Dude, dude, you said the story ends and there was no sequel, so just tell me. Because I hate when, like, I hate when we set up, oh, yeah, the love's, like, you know, it's there. But just tell me if they get together. I don't want to, like, well, have know. this ambiguous crap of, oh, yeah, they look at each other longingly and they cut the black. No, do they or don't they? They do. The story's not about I don't Randall. give a crap it's about... who it's about. Do they get together? Well, I mean, you don't know. I do it's know because you're about to tell me. Well, I'm not going to tell you because I didn't write it in the story. You could just, just yes and. Did they get together? Yes and. Uh... No, I'm not telling yes, you. Yes, and Jordan, this is for the fanfic that you're I gonna write. I hate, but this happens to me. So many movies, so many TV shows, where like, have they had the couple like walk off together, and like, we don't know if they get together, we don't know if they break up, we don't know if love is real. Just I want for once someone to tell me that love is real, because I don't well, know. I, mean, Millie loves I don't know, and you think I'm like, trying to make a joke, but it just it sucks. That this always happens, man. But Lily's in love with yeah, her Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that Lily. But will Millie be in love with her Randall? Or will Millie find, like, someone else? Like, um, Chip? Or, like, uh, um, Charlotte? Or whoever? Just, I want to know if she well, finds love. Love exists. Well, for Randall, I mean, I don't think it can yet because he's immature. And he has to not place his own value yeah, on And I thought that was going to be the point is that he realizes that she likes him regardless. No, the point is that his neighbors are good people and that Chip was a nice yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 fine. Ugh. But I mean, Randall's still just, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a nervous little shy boy. I also notice that you write this a lot where... Like well, your I think it was your first story that we did for the show when you did the um guy in the town came to the old lady to like help him like solve like a like small dispute and there was like that showdown at sunrise or whatever. Oh yeah, but yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, do yeah, this yeah. teaming up an old like a clever old lady with a younger more in, um immature character. You did this for your five part story. You did this for that um sundown story. You, you, you've done this a few times. Yeah. Is that just a yeah, theme you I like? I'm just, I'm just trying to dive into the mind of Cody. Sorry for yelling about love and it being real or fake. Who knows? I mean, it is for Lily. She's, you know, found someone that she's happy yeah. with. 
Everybody experiences but, uh, love in a different way. Well, Randall experiences it in a way that means it's impossible for him to be vulnerable with somebody. So he, he can't. So know. then he needs. We need. I'm writing the fanfiction. Uh, screw Hollywood Forest and the epic tale I wanted to tell of my characters. I have to have. See, but that's the thing. You say, oh, yeah, you can write your story. But, like, if I write it, it's not real. Because I'm just writing someone else's ending. I want them to write their ending and tell me what it is. Don't just ambiguously have the, like, oh, yeah, let's solve this problem. I watch too many well, indie mean, movies where it's like they kind of come together, but they don't actually, and it cuts the black before we actually know for sure if everything is okay. Well, you know for sure everything is okay with Lily. Yes! but I don't care. Lily's happy, and I'm proud of her. But Randall needs to grow up more than he okay, has yet. Okay, fine. Then eventually, down the line, Millie will end up falling in love with Charlotte. There we go. Who's that's Charlotte? my a character I put that my fanfiction oh, character. Well, that's fine. That can happen. Okay. Anyways. I thought I had actually named a character Charlotte. And oh no. no! 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 That's just my character. I was like, um, shoot! Did I write another character? And just totally forget. You got any more notes for me, buddy? For uh, my story? No! 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 I, I liked yours. I thought it was really good. Okay, by the way, she, um, the character had vitiligo, the um, skin pigment disorder. That's, oh, I was I was actually gonna ask that, but then that's kind of what I thought it was, and I was like, yeah, well, I, I just guess. wanted to know because I, I I was specifically not clear about it, just because like I didn't want to ever have a line in. Oh, by the way, this character has white splotches on their face because they have vitiligo. That's why they're um, ashamed of their face. But I well, tried to do it subtly. And when you said like, I don't know if you said like bovine or cow like or yeah, something I said, I said one of the names she was called was cow yeah and that kind of made me think maybe that's what you were talking about yeah because um, yeah, i said white splotches on her dark skin and then um cow and hideous were the names she was called yeah no i, th- I thought that was like well put in not like okay so we're just gonna delete this part because i just wanted to make sure because I, I wanted to do something unique with the character and i don't think i've ever read something or watched a movie with a character with vitiligo in it uh nothing jumps to my I, mind but no, i thought I've, it was like i know i've good... had like a few albino characters here and there but i've never seen like vitiligo before so i wanted to do something special yeah no i thought it was a good like i thought that added to her character and i thought you did it in a way that was like and then i hit you over the head with it in the last like two minutes <laughs> well right now yeah but no yeah. i thought it was i thought it was well done everybody noticed my genius <laughs> in the story well thank you well i'm glad that you liked it i hope to write more in it so it's time for me to roll for the next world <laughs> oh, i'm sorry you didn't get to find out if randall got to fall in it's, love it's just it's, your story was good i li- obviously liked your story because i was mad about it that, means <laughs> I, that usually means i like it when i'm mad and obnoxious about it um, number nine, wild card. Pick any, pick a topic, any topic. <laughs> so Cody, I'm not letting you pick this, but what topic were you going to pick if I had done I had the no deal with the idea. devil? Oh, I, you were just bluffing. Well, I was, I would have when I looked at the same okay, thing. What, 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 let's do this together. What would you like? And I'll see if that's something I would like. Oh. Why am I rolling like stories? Oh, and also I changed the um, write a story in your world to pick one of your co-host worlds for them to write a story in. 
Um, but which I, I, I just... think fun ones in my mind would be God loves you world. <laughs> um, I can't write. You know I drama, can't write What uh, drama? School drama. School drama. Yeah. Zoo world would be kind of fun. I'm like scared to do hip hop world. Because you think you're going to push the line and I'm going to get mad? I just feel like all of my worlds are really clowny. And like, okay, look, I'm, I feel like every genre of music has its own thing that you can clown on it about. Yeah. But if I was going to pick like two genres of music that are really easy to clown on, it would be like hip hop and country. I was about to say the exact just same Just because thing. the personalities are so big and like, it's such like a a spectacle both of those things like they're really weirdly similar in a way that i think they don't get enough credit for um you know but then it i feel like if i do hip-hop world that um clowning on is just gonna come off as racist <laughs> yeah it could very possibly <laughs> you know like imagine if i did outlaw alabama but then about hip-hop world that just doesn't feel like it's gonna come off well from me you know um, yeah Super convoluted world would be hilarious. Actually, see, that's the one I'm leaning towards. But I do that every week. <laughs> yeah, like, but it would that's be funny. my world every week. It'd be funny to have me do a super convoluted it, world. See, what we should do is have you do a super convoluted world and me try to play it simple. I'd be that okay be a, with that. Actually, that would be a fun. <laughs> that would be a fun episode. It's like so you. Do, yeah, let's do that. Let's do you do super convoluted and then I'll play it simple. Okay. That's going to be so hard for me to write. Cool That's going to be so impossibly hard for me to write. Because it's going to be like, but I want to have three gods who all want to conquer the world. And then there's going to be a faction of these people and a faction of these people. Yeah. just Okay. I'm, yeah. No. Okay. So next week will be super convoluted world for Cody and play it simple world for Jordan. Brevity world for Jordan. Brevity. Brevity. Yeah. yeah. That's, how you, that's how you pronounce that word. Not brevity. <laughs> okay. So Cody, what do you got to plug? Uh, check me out at the uh, check me out at Wandering Gamer Network on Twitch, on YouTube, or on podcasts. Okay, and you can check me out at something I guess zero zero at twitch.tv, in which I will be streaming The Witcher at some point. But like, the more I say it, the less I'm like inclined to do it because I think it's just like it's just forcing myself to play. Like, I don't know if I like The Witcher. I don't know if I like that style of game, and. That's my fault. Um, but anyways, you can also check me out. I recently um did D and D with our dear friends at well, my dear friends at Instant Three Play, Ryan, Carly, and Alex. So you can check our two D and D streams out on Instant Three Play at Twitch.tv. Which yeah, it was just a fun one shot that one of their friends made, and I just had a lot of fun with it. Got to play a rogue. Got a just do some really seriously gnarly rolls, which was fun. And yeah, it was just, it's a lot of fun. Nice little dungeon crawl. Um, other than that, I got nothing. Anyways, check us out next time. Oh, sorry. Catch you on the flip side. Almost F that up. <laughs> Catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.